This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Head on over to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast and subscribe today. Fans, founders, and insiders like you help us keep the Run, Eat, Drink podcast going. And we thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Jeff Galloway, and you are listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 158 of the Runny Drink Podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Welcome to the show. We're happy to have you here, no matter where you are, near or far. A lot of us were running this weekend. I was so surprised Live. to see all of the messages and posts from members of the Runcation Nation out there pounding the pavement at live and in person races it was so nice yeah! to see i think uh fun size jen was doing a 10k and jojo who is known as positively poly one on instagram she was doing that half marathon that had the caverns at the end that was super oh, cool that one looked so neat jennifer fink was doing a 5k jessica was doing a bridge run not an official race but still a great gorgeous run outside mm-hmm. so we had the lots, prairie run lots of people yes that is the longest one is for last that's cheryl from cheryl shenanigans on instagram yes and she was oh my good after i got my slide ruler out to figure out exactly how much running over what period of time was being done i can't i know was, she tells us every single time and i love that yeah you had 50 hours to complete this run and it was a 5k every five hours every five hours i hope we didn't screw it up cheryl I, I think that's it. I, math's not my strong suit. It's not mine either, clearly. <laughs> my sister went, she had all, she took all the math genes, my older sister, and taught math for many years, and it just didn't rub off at all. No. Yeah, so. I didn't catch any of it by osmosis either. Here we are. Cheryl, we applaud you for all the miles you did and the dresses that you wore that made us think of Little House on the Prairie. And so, Laura, yeah, so that was the theme. Laura Ingalls Wilder, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what it made me think of. I know there's a whole different explanation around it, but I was just, yes, so impressed. I was too. With everybody. And it's kind of like we we talked about a few weeks ago that we suspected that smaller regional races, local races and regional mm-hmm. races would be the first to come back. And that's mm-hmm. that seems to be what we're seeing. Yeah. So I'm really glad to see that, and I'm hopeful that this trend is going to continue and eventually some of the bigger events. Onward and upward. Exactly. Yeah. It's good to see. I'm just heartened to see this. Yes. And, and we actually got to participate in the fun. We got to play some reindeer games ourselves. Reindeer reindeer games? Well, we got to participate. Yes. I was on a limited basis, but yes. Yes. So Amy got to do her first run post-surgery, first f- official run distance, a 5K post-surgery. It's not a run, though. Let's just be clear. They brand it as the Cape Coral Animal Shelter Rescue Run 5K. 
Yes. And there were many fast people who ran, but I... We were not among them. Did not. We'll talk about that. Yes. But then we also were invited by two great people, such genuinely sweet, sweet people who own a first own a food truck and the first time that we got a chance to meet them and taste their fabulous food was actually almost a year ago to the week yeah yeah it was maybe a couple weeks later this year but the Viet Yum food truck invited us to sample their new dish, which we'll get into. And we were more than happy to oblige. <laughs> Based and on past experience. So it's nice to, to revisit a, a food truck a year later, especially coming off of the having gone through this year of 2020. Yes, you know. And now into 2021, seeing some of our favorites reemerge successfully yes makes my heart happy absolutely and also my belly and then you managed to somehow or another secure coffee from across the country Uh for our drink this week i'm so excited about that because dennis and creighton from clever bean they're awesome they since the beginning of our podcast and my daily coffee memes have interacted with us, supported us, sent us a pound of coffee to celebrate our podcast and mm-hmm. their success. Just fantastic people. So when they said they needed beta testers for their cold brew coffee. Their coffee brewing system. Yeah. I mean, their cold brew coffee and their coffee brewing system both. Oh, is the coffee itself also a new No, it's No, ju- it's new to... It's new to us. Okay. You see, because see the saying. last pound of coffee we had was hot coffee. We brewed it as hot coffee. We did Yes, we did. We you did know what make, I mean. We did not make any cold brew with that Runcation coffee. Runcation Nation, you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm trying to say. You know what she's got to work with here. I'm doing my best, but the words that are coming out of my mouth are... I, I think it's me. I think anyway. it's me. Anyway, Clever Bean is awesome. They we sent love us them. coffee. They sent us coffee. They sent they us a cold brew system. Yes. And we got to test it out. So we're going to talk about the coffee that that system produced. So excited. But let's talk running. We're going to start with running. Yes. Yeah. And that's the smart way to go. I feel like. Well, Don't it is. You? This is one of those weeks where you could change up the order, but. Why would we do that? We've got a formula that seems to be working. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the running. Mm-hmm. This race that we did, the Cape Coral Animal Shelter 5K Rescue Run, yeah. or Rescue Run 5K, was originally supposed to happen this time last year. When the pandemic began. Yeah. And it was also the opening of Cape Coral's First animal shelter. First and only. First and only, the Cape Coral Animal Shelter. A longtime passion project of Joanne from Wicked Dolphin. Yes, Joanne Alardo, the proprietor of Wicked Dolphin Distilling here in Cape Coral. Mm-hmm. She's passionate about animals, and she was a driving force in the community at getting this no-kill animal shelter funded mm-hmm. and built. Mm-hmm. And... It's hard to believe. We live in a city that's 200,000 people. It's a lot of people. We are the second largest city by land area in the state of Florida. We are the largest municipality between Tampa and Miami on the the Gulf Coast. What's the first if we're the second? Jacksonville. 
Oh, I should have guessed that. Yeah, Jacksonville is the largest by land area. Yeah. But, you know, we're almost 200,000 people. And up until last year, we didn't have an animal shelter here. We relied on Lee County Domestic Animal Services for we all rescued. of our shelter needs. As yeah. Well. And then there are some smaller um, private shelters in Fort Myers. Like in, Gulf Coast Humane Society? Exactly. For example, so, excellent, excellent organization. So you, you you have these other options, but Cape Coral didn't have its own. So this was a a void that this organization filled, and we yeah. were thrilled to be able to sign up for a race supporting it. Because we own four, oh. we have four rescues here in the house. Two, two dogs, two cats. Yes, and they are just the lights of our lives. And if we can support an organization that rescues these animals, gives them medical care, gives them the love and attention and everything they need and, until they can find their forever home. Yeah, and, and something else that's not, not really advertised is that the Cape Coral Animal Shelter does low-cost veterinary services to the public as well. Yeah, like the medical care they need, it's amazing. It really is. So to get to support them was fantastic. We signed up for this race. We were excited to do it. And then 2020 happened yeah. and brought everything to a screeching halt. And they initially postponed to October, October of 2021. And then we got to October and they decided to push it out to basically the year anniversary. Which I thought was great. I think that was smart. Very apropos because the morning of the race, I'm getting ahead of myself, right? Packet pickup was at the run shop. Oh, yeah. So we did packet pickup Friday? Friday afternoon. Yeah, Friday we go to the run shop. We've talked about the run shop before. The run shop, S-H-O-P-P-E, here in mm -hmm, Cape Coral. Mm -hmm. Our friend and running one of our running mentors, Rachel Lee, is the owner there. And she greeted us and we talked running and talked about her path to the Kona... Iron Woman or Iron Man? Iron person. Yeah, Iron Iron Man. She's doing yes. the try. And then we just got to talking to her for a little she's, bit. She's so talented. Oh, she's a beast. Yeah, and she works so hard at it. And and she supports us in getting us the right running gear. That too. That's the, the best part. <laughs> Plus, she, she times races. And she also has a race timing company and, and was timing, uh, times a lot of our races here locally. Yes, yeah, she does. Yeah. So... Packet pickup, I think, couldn't have gone any smoother if we'd have no, wanted it to. They were like a well-oiled machine. You go and you pick up, and it was it was a white shirt with the paw print logo from the Cape Coral Animal Shelter and all the sponsors on the back, and and you it was get like the, a dry fit type shirt, mm -hmm. not not a cotton shirt. No, so you could wear it in the hot summer months of Florida for running. It's going to get some use mm -hmm. here soon. Yeah, and the what you say, like the hardcore bib with the timing chip. Yeah, this was a chip-timed race. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the bibs had the little chip in there. Mm -hmm. And it just, again, uh, you know, what's your name? Boom, grab it. Done. Go. Done. We so. browsed around the store for a bit and then headed out. So that was Friday. That was Friday. And then the morning of the race, we it was hosted on site at the Cape Coral Animal Shelter. That's yeah. where the start was, and the parking lot had the the pre race the pre race party, as it were. And you know what? I wasn't expecting that. You were not. When we got there, you start to see people parked in some empty lots. Mm -hmm. um, the Cape Coral Youth Center is right next door. Mm. We parked over there because it was paved, and we didn't want to didn't want to park in one of the fields. The we walk over, and they've got all these tents set up, tents yeah. and tables. Yeah. So you you could grab your. I think you could get your 
bib yep. that morning. You could. If you wanted mm-hmm. to. You couldn't do any day of registration. They had sold out. No. That was very, I was really glad to hear that. But you could do packet pickup. But so you that could was do good. Packet pickup. Mm-hmm. And we get there. And of course, the first thing we're greeted by as we walk up is a tent full of Dunkin' Donuts. Coffee, coffee and, and donuts. donuts. So Come on. great. And then right next door was a local catering company. Yes. And they had breakfast sandwiches. They had biscuits with sausage and egg and cheese. And then they had croissants with sausage, egg and cheese. Yes. Uh, it was a, a the catering company. The, the name escapes me, oh. but they're one of the sponsors on the race website. They were a sponsor or have been a sponsor of our local police department's Do the Right Thing program over the years. They've hosted the Do the Right Thing annual a scholarship luncheon personal touch personal banquet touch. And catering that's it and they actually have a banquet space they they took over of all things a bank and converted like the back of the bank where like the vault would normally be to the kitchen that's kind of cool it is kind of cool and and but it's the, like when apple takes over a store yeah. yeah and they they did a great job at repurposing the space and they've been just phenomenal community partners over the years and i speak f- with some experience from this because i oversaw yeah. the do the right thing program for years and the do the right thing program recognizes kids for quote unquote, doing the right thing. So you might have a child that saves somebody's life or goes out of their way to raise funds for a charity or, or rescue know, a pet, rescue a pet. Yeah, we've we've had, animal. we've had the gamut of things that kids do. And these kids get recognized. The seniors in high school get recognized every year at a banquet and they get an awarded a scholarship mm. and one scholarship or, or half the scholarship funds are donated by the Fraternal Order of Police. The other half are donated by the the fire department or the fire fighters union. Mm-hmm. So it's just a really great um, company. They're super sweet. The food's always very good. Yeah, we the didn't. Sandwiches, we had it after because I we didn't eat before. We, yeah, because I was too nervous before. We went on an empty stomach, but afterwards yeah, they were you know, handing out the rest of the sandwiches. And well, we did start with coffee. We did. That was important. Coffee fuels all races. <laughs> okay. And, and I thought it was a nice touch that the folks from Dunkin' Donuts brought you know, creamers for the coffee as well as almond milk for those that might want a... There was vanilla, and I think that there was also not flavored almond milk. Like, yeah. you know, I just There was a variety. It was so a, that was pretty great. A, a nice touch. Yeah. And there were dogs. Oh, my gosh. So the number of people running dogs. with their dogs... Oh, was great. An Australian cattle dog, and what was the big white one? There, there were a, a couple. Of, there was a white German Shepherd. There oh. was also a Husky on the course. Oh. Uh, a number of smaller to medium-sized dogs, pit mixes of a so variety. Great and super friendly, and owners yeah. were all very great. And if the dogs started to get, they'd sniff each other, and if it even looked remotely like this might end up not going well the just gonna owners, step away owners would just smile and step away yeah yeah I, it was good to see that yeah and we didn't bring our babies because they're like short-term runners yeah I, I i jokingly refer to ours as race cars yeah they're really fast and they're really good on a short sprint short but, short short but Three miles is about the upper limit for them. I'm not usually comfortable taking them for longer than that. Yeah. 
And with the added excitement of all the people, other dogs and all that, I didn't know how they were going to fare. Lots of stimulus. And, and I was also the cameraman. We we did a live stream. It's a on lot Instagram. to do for you. <laughs> it really is. Craft so. services had his hands full. So I, I think that was smart to just walk them before the race and then let them hang out at home and it it was great to see everybody else with their puppies on the course and the weather was beautiful i rang that bell amy's eyeballing the bell she wants to ring the bell the weather was great it was we were in the 50s that morning oh and it was clear sunny perfect running weather Mm, so So, good yeah and what i like about any of the races that are done locally that rachel does the chip timing and helps organize she's very good she knows the deal so she gets on the the pa system she gets everybody jazzed up with a welcome and then she says okay here's what's going to happen in about five minutes we're going to start Go ahead and get lined up. Get into the. It's not really. A, a cor- there aren't corrals, but she said, "Police yourself and yeah. line up according to your start." And this Faster is where runners to the front. And this is where the people with dogs want to line up, and this is where the walkers will line up, etc. So. Was not her first rodeo, clearly. Yeah. And everything on the course. She even said before we started that everything on the course would be well marked, marked, and the volunteers were going to be out there helping direct very well attended and the water stops i was when she said there would be two i was surprised yeah at mile one and mile two yeah normally you'll get uh, like on a 5k you'll get one at like mile one and a half Mm -hmm. so that way if it's an out and back course you hit it going and coming yeah they didn't do that this time no they had we've seen that before but we have but it was nice to have that you could of course get refreshment at the beginning and the end of the race then you had two stops on the race if you needed it Mm -hmm. but when you said the volunteers yeah we had great happy volunteers at the water stops they were super super nice yeah they were so friendly and we just such great people so very motivating and cheered us on everywhere it was fantastic they really were and then uh, shout out to uh, again i'm pimping my own work here but of course uh the cape you coral should, police department did a phenomenal job with their police volunteer unit we have uh, our police department has a volunteer unit of over 150 men and women that donate over a million dollars a year of in-kind services to mm-hmm. the police department much of that is actually spent out in uh, marked cars providing traffic support for special events and traffic direction assistance to our patrol officers. Mm -hmm. So having the police volunteer unit out there basically at every intersection. It really was. Essentially. Yeah. It was fantastic. Now this, let's talk about the race course yeah, itself. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Because I don't want to make it sound like we had all these major intersections shut down. We didn't. We didn't. No. There was, we started at, in the parking lot of the Cape Coral Animal Shelter. And we came out and we were, we started out behind the youth center. And the only major thoroughfare that we made a turn on was in mile one mm-hmm. out there on Santa Barbara Boulevard, which is a fairly, it, it's a fairly well-trafficked area. Yeah, that's a six lane. It's, 
yeah, north and south thoroughfare it's through pretty the city. Big. But it was, the volunteers were there. They even had a water stop on one of the sidewalks right there yeah. on Santa Barbara as we hit mile one. I think that was an extra one thrown in there. Yeah. I was going to say, because there at the end, I didn't expect to have the third water stop that we had. Right. She said there were going to be two, and there were three. I think that that was like a church that came out and decided to do an extra water stop. That's fantastic. Yeah. It was what. However that happened, that was amazing. That was out there on the sidewalk, right there at the stoplight as we turned into Sunsplash, which is Cape Coral's water park. Yeah, that's a- Open in the summer. Yeah, it's a family water park that the city operates- and we basically cut through the access road going to Sunsplash. Yeah. So we went by water slides and that are getting ready to open for the summer and be back in full swing, hopefully. And, and we turned back into quiet and closed neighborhoods that were very safe to run. Yes. Or walk or what have you. There was not, there's not a whole lot of traffic back there. No, not really. There are a couple of smaller businesses. It's mostly residential mm-hmm. back there. Yeah. Uh, and it's all right near the, it's with all within, well, within a mile mm-hmm. of the animal shelter. Yeah. So we passed through the water park. We went through a couple of residential streets, passed a water stop, and then right around to Wicked Dolphin. That was great. Before they opened. I really, I know. I really just, I feel like, can we just, can we next year incorporate an event where we have, we maybe start at the animal shelter and then we finish at Wicked Dolphin and we have a rum tasting. That would be awesome. I'm just saying. That could be a nighttime race. Or it could be, yeah, whatever. Or we could have a brunch tasting. Ooh. Okay true that's all i'm saying very true it's we'll have to get with joanne and see if that could happen maybe anyway so we passed by wicked dolphin we then had a couple of laps to go in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and we finished right back at the animal shelter yes and start and finish start and finish and i was under strict strict orders to walk the whole thing the Therabeast has spoken. Kristen said, walk the whole thing, take your time, and I did. And as a result of that, we were the last to finish, and the volunteer car from the police department followed us in. For the last, yeah, the last quarter mile. So, but I finished, and... I was super sore afterwards, and I had to ice the knee a lot. But thankfully, uh, the course itself was was very flat, very flat, all paved. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have to endure any hill work or anything crazy like that. That kind of thing. I was very lucky, and it was a very good course. So I recommend it. I would do it again. They had age group awards and overall awards afterwards. They had more coffee and the breakfast still there, and it was just a lot of people hanging out and just talking. Yeah, I think people really hunger for these experiences that that are part of the running community and the one run run, walk one run walk run community (laughs) i hear you that they just 
and speaking for us, I just feel like we are craving those kinds of experiences. Oh, I know I am. I, I absolutely was loving just hanging out. We got to see friends of ours, Dan Rams yeah, and from his the family. Coral running group. And they, hello, his son and he, they got, he age, and his son both. They got age group awards. Yeah. I, I told him he's, they're the fastest family in Cape Coral. Absolutely. It was great to see them. So they did a great job out there. And everybody a, did. A great friend of the podcast, Christy Van Allen got a PR. She did. That's right. So it's a, it was just a great day overall. And I'm so happy that we got a chance to be a part of it. A year in the making Cape Coral Animal Shelter. We're so glad that you celebrated a year. And I believe that they said their 1000th adoption as well. They adopted. Yes, they adopted over a thousand dogs. Mm-hmm or animals animals and that they achieved that milestone before the one-year mark which is incredible yes so i know that everybody who works there and the people who put it together are just their hearts and souls were in it and we were happy to be a part of an event that supports the cape coral animal shelter so let's talk food because we worked up an appetite. We did have some of that those breakfast sandwiches afterwards. That's only going to get you so far I in mean, the day. You need lunch and dinner. You do. Yeah. You got to have it. You. And you guys know that we do enjoy the food truck scene here in Southwest oh, Florida. Oh, yes. What I like about food trucks, and, and you might feel differently, Aim. I like the fact that with food trucks, you can oftentimes get a unique flavor experience in a different location and what i mean by that is you might be at a brewery for instance Mm -hmm. and one week it's going to be a barbecue truck the the next week it might be asian inspired Mm -hmm. or the week after that it might be island inspired whatever the case may be or day to day it could be different absolutely at the same brewery if you have a brewery locally close to you where you where like maybe you can walk there or maybe it's just a short uber ride or lyft whatever or you have a designated driver or some people they just walk or what i know yeah especially for neighborhood breweries yeah yeah it's nice that you can get a different experience a lot of the time and different i don't know varieties of food yes that you might be craving and I also think it's unique to see the, well, it's interesting to see the quality of food coming off of food trucks these mm. days. They work so hard. It's super competitive. To achieve it. Yes. And I think when you tie yourself to a brewery that is so successful, that is the, I would say the anchor of the brewery scene here in Southwest Florida that it's a very competitive to be there because it is such a popular place. And of course you're talking about Fort Myers brewing. Yes. This week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're mentioning that because they just this, celebrated eight years. Yeah. They celebrated eight years. Their seven year anniversary was one of the last times we got to go out there for an event before the pandemic struck. Yes. And this food truck that we're talking about, we got introduced to at Fort Myers Brewing at their seven-year anniversary. We did. And this is the Viet Yum food truck. Viet Yum. And they we first encountered them and featured their banh mi rice bowl 
on episode 104. I I remember that bowl. We took a picture of it in front of their vividly colored truck. That's such a vibrant truck. When you pull up to the brewery and you see that, you just, those colors, you just know it's them. And and I know that I'm a sucker for marketing. I I am. I think that when a food truck takes that extra bit of effort to really do a phenomenal look to their truck. And that's hard work. Yeah, it is. They'll get them, whether it's painted or wrapped or whatever the case may be. I think that it improves the experience a little bit. Design and color and all that plays into how attracted the audience is going to be. And you should be attracted to the VA Yum Food Truck. Well, you eat with your eyes You really should. And that usually starts with the food. But I think especially when you start talking about the crowded food truck space, that's getting a eye-catching design on the food truck really makes a difference. And these guys nailed it. They, Christina and AJ, they are amazing humans, friendly, sweet, hardworking people. Mm-hmm. And we tried their banh mi rice bowl and talked about it last year, but we made... And it's still on the menu. It's still on the menu. <laughs> and we made specific, we made a point of going out there after we had that rice bowl to tell them how amazing the rice was and how amazing just the overall dish was. And we gave them our card and sticker and and told them we were going to talk about it on the show. And they were just, they were, you could tell they were so honored. And I was like, hey, we're just a little podcast, bud. It's just us talking about your food. It's just us, but we think you deserve a megaphone. And if we can provide just even a little baby one, it's okay. It's good. Absolutely. (laughs) So they remembered us from that experience. And they reached out to us via Facebook and said, hey, we're going to have a new dish on the menu. We're going to be at Fort Myers Brewing on Thursday at the food truck rally, which is like three or four food trucks together at this brewery. And they said, would you come out and and give it a try and let us know what you think? And I said, absolutely. Are you, Uh, let's get in the car right now. Let's go now. Yeah. Yeah. We we couldn't right then. But But it wasn't, it wasn't Thursday. We headed out there. So we had to wait until Thursday, but then we headed out there. Yes. So we headed out there and of course, Fort Myers Brewing has done a lot to really foster the food truck scene here in Southwest Florida. They regularly have multi-truck food truck rallies out in the parking lot. Thursdays are are very big days. Yes. With live music. Draw crowds. And they basically have embraced the the fact that the crowds are, are bigger than their space. Yeah. And it is very common to see groups of friends sitting in clusters in foldable chairs that they bring from home. Oh, yeah. They're and like fact, all they're, spread out. And their shirts even say it's the best beer you'll ever have in a parking, parking lot. lot. Yeah. So it, they've embraced that completely. Mm. And so they had, I think, three or four food trucks when we showed up true we were greeted immediately by the the vibrantly colored yeah greatly decorated yeah. yum food truck and i think you've got that in the that is in the show or the episode artwork right some of it yeah like the food in front of the truck okay is what it is and we dove right in to try this new offering from Viet yum oh my goodness you want to read the description i do but how do you pronounce it? I would say Saigon Musubi. Okay. Saigon Musubi. And if I butcher that, I am so sorry. 
Sushi made with fried Spam, caramelized in Saigon sauce, wrapped with white jasmine rice, roasted black sesame seeds, and green onions in nori seaweed paper, drizzled with spicy mayo for $7. All right, let's break this down. Because speaking as somebody who's been married to Amy for the almost 25 years, I've known her for over 30 years. Uh-huh. I never uh-huh. expected her to gleefully embrace any dish with spam. It wasn't in my household growing up. Was it in yours? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Really? It was Absolutely. not a big thing. Yeah. Spam, bologna, Vienna sausages, all that stuff that I grab when it's time to stock up our pantry for hurricane season. Yeah. There's a reason I gravitate towards those things. Those are like childhood comfort foods and they're also high caloric value. So of course. Yeah. But spam is a camping food. It's a staple in Hawaiian cooking very often. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing it in a sushi dish. Yeah. So if you're the type of person that's like, ooh, raw food, if, you, if that turns you off, I recommend this dish because... I, I didn't think about that. There are some people who are... I love, like when we get the ahi tuna nachos down at On the Way to the Keys, what is that? Little, I know. Little Torch Key. I know where you're talking about. Kiki Sandbar. Kiki Sandbar. Right? Yes. When we get that, I, I like the ahi tuna that's not seared, that's just the raw tuna. Right. But there are some people who are like, just that is not my thing. The texture is not good, or I have allergies. What, uh, or, or fear of foodborne illness. Yeah, sure. whatever it is, this is totally cooked. Yes. 100%. And I think that all their dishes are well on the menu but this one specifically that we're talking about now totally is yeah they take the spam which is cooked it's cooked and it's in the can but then they are going a step further and they are coating it in this saigon sauce which i guess the best description of this would be like a teriyaki is it a teriyaki yeah i guess like a salty sweet Soy. soy sticky kind of thing okay and they are caramelizing it in that sauce so, so it's glazed. It's yeah. it's not only cooked through, it's also glazed in that sauce. So it set their whole description of it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we just read the menu description from the actual food truck menu from, that was there that night. Their Instagram post says, our little take on spam. Musabi? Musubi. Musubi. Sorry. Sorry. Fried Spam caramelized in our Saigon sauce, wrapped with jasmine rice, toasted black sesame, green onion, nori seaweed, drizzled with our spicy mayo mix. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so that's, I'm just saying. What did you think of it? As somebody who is not really grown up on Spam. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. The texture was soft. It was, I expected the spam to be more akin to the texture of bacon. Like I would, I, I, that they had caramelized it on their flat top or on their grill more to make it firmer, like a crisp bacon, but no, it was tender. Like almost like bologna. 
Yeah, but not taken to the point of being crispy. Mm-hmm. And the rice that surrounded it was just so flavorful. And the, the nori is like the salty component. And then there was the spice. The spice from how it was coated and then fried in the sauce. And then also that the, spi- the spicy mayo was drizzled. Yes. So I was a huge fan. And I almost said, get your own. Just go and get your own. But I'm actually, that's not fair because you tried it first. Right? I, I don't remember if I tried it first or not. I don't know. But I was thinking you should have your own. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> not irregardless, people. Because you know the Will Roar Run podcast. The, the, the we Will Run for podcast. Yes. People, they're like, irregardless. Not, not a favorite word. Not a word. So there you go. Spoken like a true former English teacher right there. Doesn't matter. It's all slang anyway. So what did you think? Well, I love sushi of all varieties. I will do cooked rolls. I will do raw rolls. I have no problem. I just enjoy sushi a lot. This Mm -hmm. was beautiful the way it was plated. Oh, yeah. And they didn't do anything special for us as far as the plating. This is the way they were coming out from the truck. Mm -hmm. And it took a little bit longer for everybody's dish to come out. But when everybody got their dishes, because you eat with your eyes first, like you said, Mm -hmm. gorgeous. It's worth the little bit of the weight. And we're not talking a long wait, but it's worth the wait as Mm -hmm. you're getting the item off the food truck. And you're looking at this going, there's no way this came off the food truck. Mm. So immediately what I noticed about this was the rice. That was the first thing that jumped out at me because I've had really good sushi. I've had not so great sushi. The key to sushi or good sushi Mm. is the starchiness of the rice so that it holds together very well. Yeah. And they nailed it. Mm. Their, Their rice was very sticky it was perfect for making a roll and it was perfect the way that it not only surrounded the the spam on the inside but it also adhered to the nori mm-hmm. the, the seaweed it didn't wrapper. fall apart no. it didn't fall no. apart at all Mm-mm. you could eat with chopsticks if you wanted to yeah or you could eat with your fingers either way yes the spam was perfect i grew up not only on the things i talked about but fried bologna and fried spam were two things that my mom and my dad would do growing up. We never caramelized it in Saigon sauce, mind you, but I wish we had because this extra dimension of not only heating that spam through, but also adding that sweet and salty, sticky texture to it Mm. was fantastic. So you got the meatiness and that umami, but you got the sweet and salty from mm. the sauce. Mm. I love sesame seeds as well. So you got a little bit of pop and a little hint Different of the aroma of sesame. Too. Yeah. And their spicy mayo was creamy and tart and had a little bit of a kick. It wasn't going to light you on fire. It but wasn't going to blow your doors off. It was there. It created layers of flavor. It did. Mm. So for me, this was a winner. I think it needs to stay on the menu. If Oh, yes. If they're going to be somewhere this weekend. Christina uh, and AJ, hear us now. <laughs> Remember it tomorrow. Think of it next weekend. Yeah. All the things. 
Yeah, this is a absolute must try if you see their truck in a parking lot somewhere. It's an homage to their heritage and their family recipes. And I just, well done, applause, applause, applause. Yeah, and we're going to have photos of this in the episode artwork. I believe we'll be sharing some some big pictures on social media. And uh, And they did share your face. (laughs) There might well, be a, captured the delicious the expression that said delicious. It, they did on I, your face. I was I I loved this particular roll. Oh. And, and again for seven bucks. Yeah, because you get four large pieces, right? And might have been six. Was it? I, I let me see. No. I have to go back to a photo and and take a look. It was four very large pieces, and then we had cucumber on the end. Oh, that's what it was. The cucumber looked like almost like an extra an extra. And slice it was of kind of a refreshing extra layer of texture. Actually, it was. Mm-hmm. You could, if you wanted to, you could either have the cucumber in between as a palate cleanse, or you could just have a little. Yeah, you could put a little bit on your bite and and go. Yeah, if you wanted yeah. to, or however you wanted to do it. But mm. yeah, so. Well done. It really was. Viet Yum. You got to check it out if you ever come to Southwest Florida for any kind of run, runcation or vacation. Christina and AJ, like we said, will be back anytime, anywhere you are. Absolutely. And we can't wait for you to be full time everywhere. Yeah. And we're <laughs> going to, we're going to link to them in the show mm-hmm. notes. You can All check their them social out. media, their too. social media, the, their secret weapon is that their food is really Instagrammable, really uh, photogenic so food. Good. It's going to make you hungry to look at it, but it's absolutely worth it. Go get it. Get down here to Southwest Florida. Go get yourself some Viet Yum. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about running, or I'm sorry, drinking in just a second. But before we do, I want to say thank you to all of our patrons who've been supporting the show and our growth throughout 2020 and into 2021. I'm about to finish, and I've been talking about it and talking about it, but I'm about to finish the last of our technology upgrades here in the studio i'm waiting on the last part to arrive it'll be here day after tomorrow i'm really hoping that our patrons who have supported us each month with their contributions i hope they love the upgrade to the quality of our camera and our live streams and just and the quality of our show yeah the fact that we're even doing live streams yes a, that we're doing live streams, but also in the editing and in the pr- production value. I just, I hope you like it. I can't wait for Dana to show you the finishing touches on our technology. And and because of you, we've been able to keep bringing you the show d- despite challenges that we faced in 2020 and 2021 as a Runcation podcast. Yeah, and that's it's 100% due to y'all's support. Yeah. And if you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. We have three levels of monthly support, $2, $5, or $10 levels. Each one of those have their own special perks that will allow us to continue to add to the show in 2021, and we're going to continue to add to those levels. Mm-hmm. We're going to add perks Yes. and make each one even better. Yes, patrons, they get a special thank you message from us, a birthday shout out on social media, insiders at the highest level of patronage and contribution to the show get a look behind the scenes, get access to video 
footage from special interviews that we didn't release, get access to cooking demos, exclusive tastings of favorite food and beverage that didn't make it into regular episodes. It's it's more. It's more of the Runny Drink podcast that you love. And we are happy to give it to you guys. If you're not a patron already, we hope you'll visit patreon.com slash runnydrinkpodcast to learn more and become a patron today. The show is always going to be free, but if you want more and you want to support us and help keep this going long-term, check us out. Patreon.com slash runnydrinkpodcast. As always, we thank everyone for any and every way you support and you continue to support the Runny Drink Podcast. Let's talk drinking. I was about to take us back to running. Oh, it's okay. No, no, drinking. Okay. And this week, we are talking coffee. Not Irish coffee. No. Not Kiyoki coffee. Also good. Not anything with any alcoholic uh, no. spirit in there. We're, 100% non-alcoholic. Hello. We're talking cold brew coffee. Indeed. So, uh, we know that we have a lot of followers that enjoy cold brew coffee. How could you not? Really and truly, cold brew... And this is not to be confused with hot coffee poured over ice. Yes. You've been to coffee college. Tell us. I feel like we should be playing pomp and circumstance in the background. But um, <laughs> I don't have that on a button, so we're just going to have to go without it. Imagine it. Okay, so cold brew coffee is really very simple. It's basically you take filtered water and coffee grounds and you pour them and into a container and you let it steep. You have discussed and described when you were... In college and working for Caribou Coffee. Yes. The process you would go through to create cold brew to offer in the coffee shop. Yeah, basically you're mixing coffee grounds and, and filtered water. And then you let that steep overnight and mm -hmm. then you filter it out. Yeah. There's a number of different products out there that people can use. There, <laughs> there are basically coffee bags that some people are using. There are There crazy might have been a cold brewer in this house that I broke. There, there may have been at one time. That may have happened. Sorry. <laughs> but it's what I like about cold brew is what I think is most appealing is that you get a really good depth of flavor because the coffee is staying in contact with the water for a very long time. Mm. But you're not getting an overly acidic beverage because you're not using heat to extract the oils from the coffee it's a cold brew or cold steeping so the result process. is smoother not bitter it's smoother not bitter you tend to get a just a very deep coffee flavor mm. and it brings out in a lot of ways the unique flavor of that particular varietal of bean mm. so it's a great way to experience your favorite type of coffee whether it's a you know kenya double a or a Costa Rican terrazzo. Like you, you love Costa Rican terrazzo. I love, love Costa Rican terrazzo. That's mm -hmm. probably my favorite coffee on the planet Earth. Ethiopian, whatever people want to try. Yeah, now at Caribou, when I used to work there back in the 90s, we used a Kenya AA for Did ours. You? Yeah, and okay. that is typically a highest, highly acidic coffee, mm. but it mellows it out when you do the cold brew process. So you would get a really intense coffee flavor without the tartness or the acidity. Okay. A lot of people like it if they have ulcers oh. and they want to enjoy coffee without upsetting their ulcer. Yeah. 
And that's not medical advice. I'm not a doctor. Of course. So naturally we're not. Know, do not listen to me <laughs> for medical advice. Listen to kind. a doctor. Yes. But we would get that request a lot for that reason. It was interesting to see that. And it's just something that is a completely different flavor experience than if you brew like a hot coffee and then pour it over ice. Yeah. In my mind, and, and to me, mm-hmm. I think that creates a watery mess that's not really very good. You get it's a, more watered down, sometimes more of a bitter flavor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so happy that we got to experience a cold brew coffee system from Dennis and Creighton at Clever Bean. Yeah, uh, you connected with them through social media a while back. When I started the podcast and I started, when we started it together and we started all the social media channels, I was just, here's a little bit of a peek behind the curtain and getting to know Amy and Dana. We love coffee, mm-hmm. so it became a thing to cough, to post a morning or daily coffee post of some sort of quote or a meme or a picture of us enjoying coffee something connected to coffee because we love it so much and it's part of our history so much it is because i think that one of the times that we were thinking about dating thinking thinking i was thinking about dating oh so long ago many years many moons ago that with that i just have vivid memories of having coffee at a coffee shop with you yes so it's very, it's got emotional memories. It's got connections to your past as a barista and all your knowledge and passion for coffee. And then I just love it as a coffee connoisseur. I, I certified completely certified from you last are week. now certified. So, yes. So when I posted these coffee posts in the morning on social media, here's Dennis and Creighton coming in and, and, and commenting and getting into the conversation with me. And they were just opening in Draper, Utah, their coffee shop, the Clever Bean Coffee Shop. And they they loved how we supported them. And we commented on their posts and like their videos. And they would make cute little videos that were humorous about making coffee and working and opening the coffee shop. Their videos are cute. And they would then we they would we would jump on when they stream live music from the coffee shop. But so they sent us a pound of their coffee. For all of that support, and we fell in love with brewing their hot coffee, mm-hmm. and then the pandemic, and they had to pivot. And they're two of the hardest working people that I know, and that I've never, never met, met. <laughs> because. During the pandemic, they have figured out how to pivot and offer their branded products like stickers and hats and and all sorts of apparel, but also their coffee beans and now this and, and coffee subscription and also now their cold brew coffee system. Yeah. And this is a beta test of what of the of the product kind of in its infancy we're trying some things out Mm -hmm. and we're giving them our feedback yeah and the best way i could describe it just and we're going to have video i believe the video is going to be for the patrons to check out sure but we'll probably have maybe maybe we'll have some snippets on social media some snippets on social media of the whole thing but basically it's a a system that consists of two really big mason jars 
Which I love as a southerner. And one is your oh, yeah. one is your steeping vessel for the cold brew. So you put your water and your ground beans in there. Mm-hmm. And the other is the collection vessel. And then using this, I think it's like a 3D printed uh, double-sided collar. Well, we don't know, but whatever they did. You, you can basically fasten down a, a filter and connect the two jars mm. and invert it and... It pours out mm-hmm. the brewed coffee because you have the the filter that filters everything that filters the coffee out. And it retain, yeah, and it retains the the grounds in the other vessel. And all yeah. you do is just clean out that vessel, and then you've got this other jar full of fresh brewed yeah. cold brew coffee. And we'll link to their social media because they've been posting some pretty fun videos about of how the vessel looks. Yes, as well. So I'm curious, I'm going to be really curious to see what the final product looks like, if it changes any. Based on the feedback, I'm sure they're going to take these things into account. But it's an ingenious system. We've, we made some coffee with it overnight. What is it? We filled up one of the mason jars with water. We got in the ground coffee. We overnight, we let Let it it steep overnight. Let it sit overnight. And then we filtered it out in that process that you talked about. And it also came with some caramel syrup. And so I feel like Dennis and Craig know me. (laughs) They They know me and love. She is a caramel fanatic. Okay. And I love the fact that they, the product they chose, uh, again, this is not a sponsor. No. And they're not sponsors. No. Da Vinci syrups, I think, are some of the best tasting flavored syrups for coffee. They don't taste artificial. Mm -hmm. They do a really nice job of being consistent from bottle to bottle. Yep. This, and Danny agrees. Danny agrees. You can hear her her barking. She is totally supporting 100%. So basically, we have this fantastic iced cold brew coffee with caramel syrup. It was delightful. And we we still have some in the refrigerator. And I think they are sending us more coffee. More coffee to test. So that we can test the couple of different ways to brew. Yeah, there are a couple of different configurations you can do as far as how how you place the coffee in the water. Mm -hmm. Do you do it in the filter, out of the filter? I even have a third idea that I'm going to try. Yeah, we're investigating and uh, just, yeah. So Uh, I'm very excited to help these guys bring this product to market. I think this will be a lot of fun. But regardless, it's too late to get in on the beta test for everybody else. But But you can order their coffee and you can also be a part of their subscription service and get their swag. And I was going to compliment them on the actual coffee itself. This mm. is something I've talked about, like even with one of our local roasters here, Narrative Coffee. Oh. Very similar. Caleb. They are not dark roasting all of their beans. They are, are roasting the appropriate amount of time for mm-hmm. the varietal. Mm. And what that does is it allows you to develop the unique flavors of the bean. It is a really you're doing a disservice to the coffee uh, farmers and mm. the the roast masters that are, are picking these beans and selecting them if you're just roasting everything super dark and mm. treating all beans the same yeah so these guys are doing the coffee right Yay. and they have online uh, ordering yep. and delivery throughout the I believe throughout the United States. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't know if they're uh, yeah. global. If I don't know if they're global, that's probably not. That's super expensive. Question: I'm not sure. As someone who tried to ship swag overseas, that's yeah. Nice. We've learned the hard way. Really expensive. It's not. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
Yes. We'll have a link to them in the show notes, Mm -hmm. though. Yeah. So you'll be able to check them out Uh and get a pound of coffee. Try them out. You'll be shocked, really and truly, if you experiment around with coffees that are not from the big name coffee (sighs) shops and seeing what difference brewing makes, whether you're going to do it as a cold brew or you're going to do it as a hot brew. And I would always recommend if you're going to do hot brew at home, pick up a French press. Don't even have to spend a lot of money on one. Hmm. You can grab an inexpensive one. They all work the same. Uh, Grab an inexpensive one off of, you know, Amazon and make, do your coffee via French press at home. You will thank me for it later. I promise you. They have coffee mugs. They have canisters. They have Chemex filters. Very nice. On their website. And it is the U.S. Okay, U.S. only. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Understandable. I get it. So. I got it. Check them out. Clever Bean. We're gonna we link to all their social media and their website as well. That's thecleverbean.com. So and their YouTube is is great. So check them out. Order some coffee from them. Yeah. Again, not sponsors of the show. They just make a mean cup. And, and they, they were, enable us to make a mean cup at home. Oh yeah. And they've been great friends and supporters of ours since the inception of our show. So that does it for today. It does. So sad. Stay tuned for more fun with us next week. <gasps> we do have some stuff lined up for you guys already. Great, great running, eating, and drinking segments. But if you haven't already done it yet, do us a favor. Go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and review this week. We Yay. are trying our best to grow the Runcation Nation. I am happy to announce that we've topped 600 followers on Facebook. Yay! Uh, so that's fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing more downloads, but we could use a few more. Yeah. And if you will head over there and do a rating and review, it helps people find us when they're searching for words like running, eating, drinking, and it, it helps us get served up in search results. And we really appreciate the feedback. Like this one we got very recently, which is which is uh, titled, Always Learn Something New. And it says, whether it's a tip about running or a recommendation for food or drink, I always learn something new. These two have great chemistry, obviously, in parentheses. <clears throat> and pace to their podcast that keeps me coming back they also have some great and inspirational interviews keep up the great work and that's from tza 2011 i don't know who that is i don't either but thank you so much that is awesome yeah we try we're trying and we're trying to make it better as we go yes So, so thank you that does it for this week Thank you for joining us on your long run, your commute to work around the house, wherever you are. I am your host, Amy. I'm 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 your host, Amy. She's Amy. I'm Dana. That's Dana. Your co-host. Stay safe. Stay well. And we will accomplish, explore, and indulge with you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run Eat Drink Podcast. And on Twitter, we're Run Eat Drink Pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. 
visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.